You can be seated. You already are. Amen. Praise God. Open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of Mark. We are <clears throat> preaching and teaching and ministering through this Gospel of Mark. And um, we are in chapter 14. So if you have your Bible and would like to turn there, hopefully you do, or your smart device. Amen. I saw something. I don't know. You know how on Facebook they have these... Um, they're selling stuff all the time. And anyway, they had, yeah. <laughs> I've ordered something, all, one of them one time. I, I think they put it on the, uh, they put it on a canoe from China. It wasn't a slow boat. Like they never got it, and then it wasn't much good. But anyway, they had a, they had a phone cover that looked like a Bible. <laughs> and a, or a book or a Bible. So, but a lot of you have your Bible on your phone, on your iPad, whatever. So hopefully today you have the Word of God. They'll be putting these scriptures up on the screen as well, but uh, uh, follow along with us in the Word of God. It's always good to look at the Scripture and to look at the Word of God. Amen. So in the Gospel of St. Mark chapter 14, the Gospel of St. Mark chapter number 14, and I'm begin reading with verse number 1. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread. And the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him, take Jesus, by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he, Jesus, sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it upon the Lord's head. And John also, in this same narrative, John's gospel says that she poured it also upon his feet, in which we will get into that. And there were some that had indignation within themselves, imagine that, and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. Notice this, and they murmured against her. And Jesus said, I love this, Jesus comes to the rescue. Jesus comes to her defense. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble you her? She's wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do them good, but me you have not always. She's done what she could. I like that. She has done what she could. She's come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say to you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. That prophecy is being fulfilled this morning because we're speaking of this woman. And so I want to talk to you from this passage this morning about your alabaster box, your extravagant love and worship for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we love you today. Thank you for the Spirit of God, the presence of the Lord that we, that we are sensing here in this service today. And Lord, that we have this opportunity to come together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. I'm asking for your anointing today that you will help me as I minister your word. Give me the words you would have me to say. Let me say only what you would want me to say and not anything more or anything less. Open our hearts to receive, our ears to hear what the Spirit of God would say to Abundant Life Family Church this morning. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. In this 14th chapter, this passage that we've read to you this morning, we can see here human nature, beginning with verse 1 all the way through there, those nine verses. We can see human nature at its worst, and we see human nature at its best. 
We see in, these, in this passage the hatred of Jesus' enemies, and we also see, though, the unconditional love of one of the Lord's precious followers. This is a beautiful story. I don't recall, I don't think I've ever preached on this. I've made mention of it, of course, in messages before, but as far as preaching on this particular, this particular narrative and this incident, I don't think that I ever have, but it's such a beautiful story that we have here in, in this uh, 14th chapter of Mark, and it, 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 it shows us the extravagant love and worship that every born-again believer should have for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why I wanted to sing that song again, coming back to the heart of worship, because we as believers, as children of God, should have, we must have a, 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 a heartfelt love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Not just giving Him lip service, but I mean really having a love in our heart for Jesus and not just having it in our heart, but expressing that love to the Lord Jesus Christ. In this story here, when you read through it, I want to just give you the setting of what's going on here. Jesus uh, is in one of his favorite places. He's in the city of Bethany, which is just a few miles from Jerusalem. And uh, Jesus has some very close friends that live here in the city of Bethany. Mary and her sister Mar Martha and their brother Lazarus live there in the city of Bethany. And Jesus has been in the home of this family on many occasions, several occasions. He often visited there to spend the night with them, to, um, to enjoy a meal with them. And they were so hospitable. They were, they were um, very close to Jesus. And Jesus loved this family because when Lazarus, was sick if you remember in John's gospel they sent word to Jesus and said would you please come because he whom thou lovest is sick so we know Jesus was very close to uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus and uh, you know when Lazarus died Jesus showed up and he came uh, four days after the funeral and performed the greatest miracle probably of his ministry in raising Lazarus from the dead and so here, that had happened just a few days earlier, the raising of Lazarus. So uh, this passage here, this feast here, this celebration is a celebration here in chapter 14 of Mark and uh, probably a celebration for the fact that Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. They are celebrating that fact. Here was a man sitting at the table with Jesus and his disciples and the others that had been dead for four days and now has resurrected. I imagine they all had some questions to ask old Lazarus, don't you? But they're in the home of a man called Simon the leper. We don't know anything much about this man, but no doubt it says that he was a leper. Doesn't mean that he was a leper while he was at while they while he was having company. Amen. They wasn't social distancing or anything, but uh, <laughs> he had been a leper. And Simon the leper no doubt was a, a, a leper that had been healed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And now he's opened up his home and, and, and having this feast, this celebration also for gratitude of what Jesus had done for him. So here's a leper that Jesus has healed and it is a feast in his home. Here's Lazarus and his family at the table, something a family that Jesus had done something wonderful in their life. And so he here Jesus has saved Simon's life and he's raised Lazarus from the dead. And so the heart of these people, if you can see, are, it, it, it has to be overflowing with thanksgiving for what Jesus has done in their life. This is, this is Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving is this Thursday. And as I said, it's not just something that we do to give thanks once a year uh, or one time a year. But, but our heart, listen to, 
to me, saints. Our heart should be overflowing today and every single day of our life with thanksgiving and with praise to the Lord for all that He has done in our life. Amen. Has God been good to you? Has He blessed your life? Has He been good? I think everybody in here, no matter what we've been through, no matter what we have to face or we're going through, I think that we could all say God has been good to us. Jesus has been good to us. Amen. He's done a lot for me. I've said this before and I'll say it again. It bears repeating. If he never did another thing for me, if he never blessed me anymore, I'm telling you, he's already done enough for me that I can thank him and praise him for the rest of my life. Amen. He's good to us. He's good to us. And and the psalmist David said in Psalm 103 that we're to to bless the Lord with all of our soul and all that's within us and not to forget any of his benefits, to forget not all of his benefits. And so we need to remember those benefits. We need to be thankful to the Lord. And so Simon's been healed. Lazarus has been raised from the dead. So it is a time of celebration. And the table set and all of the notable guests are there and gathered around the table. Jesus is there. His disciples are there. Lazarus is there. As we, we, you can read that in John chapter 12. Lazarus is there. They are all talking. They're all having fellowship together talking about, uh, talking about you know wonderful things that Jesus has done for them. And Martha, you know where Martha's at? Martha's in the kitchen. That's Martha. She's the server. And she's in the kitchen. I can imagine She's in there cooking the meal, preparing the meal. She's getting ready to serve and to serve everybody that are, that, that are there that day. And uh, But then the, the other sister, the other sister Mary. And we know uh, she's not mentioned by name here in this 14th chapter of Mark, but she is mentioned by name by John in John chapter 12. And uh, that this is Mary that is there and and. And Mary, where do we find Mary? Where do we see Mary at? Mary is at the feet, sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I can just see her heart, how it's just overwhelmed and filled with love and, 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 and compassion for the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he's the one. This Jesus is the one that came and raised her brother from the dead when it looked like all hope was gone. You know, and Mary and Martha both even came out there and said, Lord, if you'd have been here, our brother wouldn't have died. But man, they saw Jesus resurrect him. And I'm telling you, there had to be a celebration going on when all that happened. But she's, she's there um, with love and with worship in her heart to the Lord. And when you read about Mary, I don't know, you would think about Mary, that, that she would be mentioned more times in the Gospels than what she is. But there's only three instances in the Gospels when, where Mary is mentioned. And you know what is so amazing is that every time, all three instances where Mary's mentioned in the Gospels, we always find her at the feet of Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, she's at the feet of Jesus listening to him while Martha's in the kitchen serving. When Jesus came to Bethany to to raise Lazarus from the dead, she comes and she falls down at the feet of Jesus. And then in John 12 where it mentions Mary in this instance and in, in, in this particular narrative, she's at the feet of Jesus anointing his feet and wiping them with her hair. So every place that Mary is mentioned, she's always in an attitude of worship. Oh, I don't know about anybody else. I'm feeling something here this morning. Amen. She's always worshiping Jesus at his feet. Mary, I guess we could say then that Mary is a worshiper. Amen. Mary is a worshiper. And so here they are, all are sitting at the table. Mary's at the feet of Jesus. Martha's cooking. Martha's setting the table. Martha's serving. There's conversation going on. And all of a sudden Mary gets up from where she's at and she quietly slips out of the room. And she comes back in just a few moments and she has with her something that is extremely beautiful. She has an alabaster alabaster box or a flask. It was very delicately made. It was very beautiful. 
beautiful. And inside of this flask, there is some very expensive ointment of spikenard, the Bible says. It was, a, it was a, the oil of nard that came from India. And it was very, very costly, very, very expensive. In the text here, it says that the, the worth of this was about 300 pence, it was, uh, which was a year's wages for the common working man at that particular time. So you can imagine here that Mary has, has probably saved up all of her life to get this flask of oil. Uh, I mean, a year's wages, what would that be today for just a common working man? 25000 a year, whatever the case. But it's very costly. Get that. It's very expensive. Amen. It's not something cheap. It's not just some olive oil like we have here. It's not some Crisco oil. Come on somebody. It's not some cooking oil but it's a very expensive perfumey oil. Amen. And so Mary comes in with that flask and she walks up to the Lord and she breaks the alabaster box. She breaks the flesh. She breaks the seal on it, breaks the top off of it, and she begins to pour the expensive ointment on top of the head of Jesus. And as I said, John records that she then also pours some of the oil on the feet of Jesus. And then she gets down and falls down again before Jesus and begins to wipe the feet of the Lord with her hair. She takes that long black silky hair and just begins to wipe and to clean and to anoint the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And John, in John chapter 12, John said that when she did this and when she anointed the head and the feet of the Lord, John said that the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. A beautiful fragrance filled the entirety of that room. It changed, glory to God, it changed the atmosphere that was there. This was a very extravagant gift of love and worship that Mary was, was giving to the Lord Jesus Christ and it cost her something. Can I tell you that when you begin to worship, when a church begins to worship the Lord as we were doing earlier, it will change the atmosphere. You want Listen, listen. You want to change the atmosphere in your family? You want to change the atmosphere in your home. You want to change the atmosphere in a church? There's not going to be a good fragrance when there's griping and belly aching and murmuring and complaining. But boy, when we break open that alabaster box of, of precious love and worship and praise and begin to lavish that praise and adoration upon the Lord Jesus Christ, it will fill your life. It'll fill our church. It'll fill your home with a sweet smell and a sweet fragrance that pleases the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Mary begins to anoint Jesus and she doesn't care about the cost. As I said, she's probably been saving up her entire life to be able to have this flask of ointment. Maybe she was saving it even for the anointing of her body that someone would use it to anoint her when uh, it came time for her to die and to be buried. But she doesn't care about the cost. She's not ashamed to show her love for the Lord Jesus Christ openly. All that Mary cares about at this particular moment is worshiping the Lord and expressing the love in her heart openly for Him. When she broke that flask and she poured out the contents of that oil upon the Lord, upon His head and feet, she was telling Jesus, here's what Mary was saying to the Lord. She was saying, Lord, you mean more to me than anything in this world. And she's giving everything that she has, all that she has. I want you to get this today. She's giving her all, her everything for the Lord Jesus Christ. She's holding nothing back, but she gets the most precious, costly, most expensive thing that she has and gives it to the Lord and anoints him as an, as an act of worship and extravagant love to the Lord. Jesus Christ. 
Jesus meant more to Mary than anything. Jesus meant more to her than her reputation because she was setting aside her, her pride. She was willing to sacrifice her pride to worship the Lord for her to, for her to uh, let down her hair and, and uncover her head and let down her hair and get down and begin to wipe the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. She knew people were going to have something to say about that. She knew people were going to talk because in those particular times, only, only women of ill repute, prostitutes would uncover their head and let down their hair in public. But she was doing it as an act of worship to the Lord. She didn't care what anybody thought. She didn't care what anybody said. Mary had made up her mind she's going to let her hair down and worship Jesus. Come on somebody. She didn't care what anybody was going to say. It didn't matter what people will think. And you know what? Sometimes I think maybe that's what keeps us from really worshiping the Lord like we ought to worship the Lord is because somewhere in our mind we're thinking wonder what they're going to think if I really cut loose and let down my hair and give God all my praise what's somebody going to think or what's somebody going to say and I'm going to tell you today it don't make any difference yeah somebody probably will say something but I've made up my mind I'm going to worship him I'm going to praise him with all that is within my heart and so, oh, come on, amen. We got to let down our hair sometimes. <laughs> I ain't got much left to let down. What I'm talking about is just not be so formal. Boy, it got quiet all of a sudden. Not to be so starchy or stiff or formal, but to just let our praise for Jesus flow. Amen? I know people say, well, Brother Rick, I, I'm, now you don't have to act like me. Everybody's different. But I hear people, you know, sometimes say, well, I'm just not emotional. Well, you know, if you'd take a screwdriver and walk over there and stick it in that electrical outlet, you'd show some emotion. Huh? There'd be some kind of response to that. If you were to come up here and put your thumb down on this step and somebody would hit it with a ball-peen hammer, there would be some kind of emotion. It might be different for each person, but there would be some emotion, and we all need to worship the Lord with all that is within us. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, it was a common thing to anoint a visitor with a few drops of perfume, put that on the head of an honored guest when they arrived. That wasn't anything out of the ordinary. That was common for people to do that, to anoint their head, to anoint their feet. Nothing out of the ordinary with that. But what Mary did was out of the ordinary. She broke the flask and not just taking a drop or two, but she poured out every drop on Jesus. She gave all that she had and that represented everything that she was that she gave to the Lord Jesus in an act of worship to him. Oh, saints, listen to me this morning. When? Think about it for, for a moment. When was the last time that you literally broke the bank in worshiping and loving the Lord Jesus Christ and gave him your all? That's why I had them to sing that song again this morning, the second time for us to, to worship him, to pour out our heart and our soul to the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I, I think that it's time that we set aside our, our pride and that we set aside everything that we have within us that might hold us back and give Jesus Christ all of our worship, all of our honor, all of our praise that we pour out. It's, it's your breath in my lungs so I want to pour out my praise pour out my praise to the Lord Jesus Christ he alone is worthy are you hearing me today there's nobody else there's nobody else that
that's worthy to receive our praise and our worship than the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you're washed in that precious blood and if you're a child of God and you've been delivered from the powers of darkness and freed from an eternity in hell, my Lord, you've got something to give him all of your worship and your praise to him today. I think it's time. I think it's time. I believe this. It's time for the church today in 2020. It's time for the church again to fall head over heels in love with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's been there's 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 those today, there's some that 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 have left their first love, the love Jesus said because of lawlessness in the world in the last days that the love of many would grow cold. And we see that today. And I know people will use that for an excuse. Well, brother, we're in the last days. And Jesus even said that people's love for him would grow cold. But I'm going to tell you what. That may be happening in a lot of people's lives. And there may be churches that have lost and have left their first love for Jesus. But it don't have to happen right here in Abundant Life Family Church. I've made up my mind. Glory to God. Ain't nothing going to steal my love for Jesus. I'm going to keep my love for him. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it uh, fueled every day of my life, getting stronger and stronger every day. I want my love for him to grow and abound and get greater. And it's time that the church fall in love with Jesus Christ all over again and love him extravagantly and love him lavishly and show forth his praise and his worship just as Mary did not caring what it costs us to worship him because the day is coming that it is going to cost us to worship Jesus so we just will make up our mind now today that we are going to give him our all so worship costs her something Worship will cost us something. True worship. Oh, is there a difference? Jesus said in John 4 that the Father seeks true worshipers that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. There's freedom. Freedom for what? To worship the Lord. Y'all look real excited about that. Notice in verse 4, there was a cost to her worship, but notice there was a criticism of her worship. It might really get quiet now. Verse 4, said that there were some that had indignation within themselves. And here's what they said about Mary's worship. Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. See, not everyone in that room that day appreciated Mary's extravagant worship. Not everyone that was in that room thought that the Lord Jesus Christ was worthy of such worship and such lofty praise. And you know there are some that were that were that that are still that way today. Amen. This group is still alive today. And there were those in that room that day, the Bible said, that had indignation against Mary. Can you imagine this? That here's a, a lady that is, that is giving her all to Jesus in love and worship and adoration to him. And there are some that it disgusted them. That's what that word uh, indignation means to have extreme anger or disgust. They were disgusted with her worship. They were displeased, displeased with what Mary had just done to Jesus. And, and they said, they said about it, they said, why did she take this oil? and waste it. Now now just think about that. Why was this waste made? See, they were calling what she did 
for the Lord Jesus Christ a waste. When they looked, this group, and, and, and Judas was heading it up, but all, here's the thing, all of the other disciples, the other 11 disciples that were sitting there, chimed in with Judas when he said, this is a waste, and they were all, yeah, yeah why did she do that? They looked at the ointment on the head of Jesus, and they looked at the ointment on and around his feet, and they said, what a waste. The ointment is ruined and now it's no good for anything and so they murmured against her worship and they complained she was criticized for her worship and Judas declared that the ointment should have been sold it shouldn't have been poured out on Jesus why this ointment should have been sold and the money could have then been given to the poor but I'm going to tell you something Judas didn't care about the poor John says that over in his gospel John says that Judas said that not because he cared for the poor but because he was a thief and he carried the money bag and he was, he was the treasurer and he was skimming a little bit and he thought, boy, if we could have sold that, I could have got a piece of that pie. He was more concerned about himself than he was about Judas. But he said what he did because even though he despised her worship of Jesus, yet he wanted to sound like he was some super spiritual saint of God. Come on somebody are you with me he hated to see that perfume lavished on the Lord Jesus Christ he was a thief the Bible said but he criticized this woman's worship can I tell you something today abundant life family church that that spirit of Judas is still alive and well in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today because there are some today within the church within the body of Christ that will criticize your lavish worship and praise to the Lord Jesus Christ so you got to make up your mind that when they say oh it's just a waste why are they doing that why are they praising the Lord you got to make up your mind I'm going to praise him anyhow amen see when the Lord is working and when the Lord is blessing and when the Lord is moving and so there, 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 you know there's somebody like Judas that doesn't like how everything is being done most of the time they'll attack it or they'll criticize it. Amen. There's different styles of people's worship. Some people get a little demonstrative sometimes and some people may uh, get a little loud or shout or rejoice or cry. Some are vocal. Some are visible with their praise. But listen, when, when, you, when you vocally, when you visibly, when you get involved in worship to the Lord, don't be surprised if there are those that that will criticize your worship. If you make up your mind that you're going to give a tenth of your income to the church, you're going to tithe, you're going to attend church every service and be there three times a week, you're going to be criticized with by people who think that that is a waste. I've had people say that to me. You mean you have three church services a week? Because the norm is to have one short one on Sunday morning and not be over an hour in length. And that's kind of the, the, the norm. And when they find out, you know, we have three and sometimes Sunday morning will go for an hour and a half and it had been two hours at times. Are you kidding me? What a waste that is. You could be home. You're going to miss the NFL today. I've missed the NFL every day this year. Come on, I haven't watched a single game. I haven't watched one game. Amen. Now, if you do, that's between you and the Lord. I had my Dallas Cowboys sweatshirt on at prayer meeting yesterday, and I, didn't, I don't wear that to make people think that I'm supporting the football team, I wear that because it's very warm on a cold day. <laughs> Amen. People will think your worship is just a waste. You know what the real waste is in a church? You know what a real, the real waste is? The real waste is not when we worship the Lord. The real waste in a church is a church that is dead and dry and formal 
and lifeless and as dry and empty as last year's bird's nest and there's no moving and operation of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That, that there's nobody praises the Lord. Nobody worships Him. I'm telling you, that's a waste. Amen. Amen. A church where there is, there is the moving and the operation and where the moving of the Spirit and the operation of the Holy Spirit is not allowed. Where people are not allowed to lift up their hands. Where they're not allowed to praise God vocally, where they're not allowed to jump up and down and shout if they feel the moving of the Spirit. That's a real waste when people are not allowed to worship God and we're praising and worshiping God is criticized. I've told the little story before, you know, about the, the, the dear old saint of God that was, that was in one of those dead churches. And I mean, this little lady loved the Lord with all of her heart. And uh, she was sitting there, you know, and, 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 and the Spirit of God would begin to move they'd sing a song that touched her and man she would lift her hands and she'd begin to praise and rejoice in the Lord and the pastor sent one of the ushers back and said you need to calm her down you need to calm her down uh, she, she's going to interrupt the service and disturb the service so the usher went back and told her lady you're going to have to sit down you can't be getting up and praising doing, lifting your hands and doing those things during the church service so she sat down and she got a little bit calmed down and it wasn't long until another song they sang touched her heart and she began to feel the Spirit of God stir her soul and there went her hands up again and she began to praise the Lord vocally again. Pastor sent another deacon back there tell her she's got a hush. Tell her to calm down. We're not going to have that in this church. So they sat her down again. Boy, the third time, the third time, the third song, she really was feeling it. She really began to praise the Lord. She really began to to magnify God they sent the deacon back there the third time or the usher back the third time lady you're going to have to sit down and be quiet she said I can't help it I've got the joy of the Lord and he said well you didn't get it here so sit down and be quiet Hallelujah. That's a real waste where you got a church where there is no joy, where there is no praise, where there is no worship, where the Holy Spirit is not allowed to work and operate and move. I'm not talking about, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking about fanaticism. I'm not talking about wildfire. I'm not talking about strange fire. I'm not talking about weird stuff. But I am talking about giving, giving yielding to the Holy Spirit and allowing him to bless your life and worshiping him and praising him and getting excited getting excited about what Jesus has done in your heart and in your life there's more excitement on family feud than there is in most churches that's right they're jumping up and down and grabbing one another and spinning around because they just won $20,000. And Jesus has done so much more for you and me than what we would have with $20,000. we got something to praise him for. We can, go to a, we can go to a ball game. and I know this isn't politically correct, but I'm going to say it anyway. We can go to a ball game scream like a Comanche, come to church and sit like a wooden Indian. No emotion, no worship. Well, somebody might say something. Somebody might criticize me. Come on, saints. Get that alabaster box and break the top off of it and lavish some praise and love and worship on oh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Get, his, get down at his feet and worship him and let him bless you in a greater way than he ever has before. Can I get an amen? amen. Give him praise. Amen. They criticized her worship, but how did Mary respond to that criticism? How did she respond? Did she, yeah, she didn't, she didn't strike back at them. She didn't rebuke them. 
She just paid no attention to what they said about her. See, that's the way you got to do it. Amen? Well, they're going to criticize me. Well, don't worry about that. Don't pay any attention to that. You know what she did in the midst of them saying it was a waste, in the midst of their indignation, in the midst of their murmuring, in the midst of their being disgusted with her? You know what she did? <laughs> she just stayed at his feet, and she just kept wiping his feet, and she kept loving him, and she kept worshiping him, and she she kept praising him. Amen. I'm going to tell you, there ain't nobody, ain't nobody, I made my mind up. I don't care. Ain't nobody going to steal my praise. Nobody going to steal my joy. Nobody going to stop me from, 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 placing my praise and lavishing my love and my praise and my worship upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He's done too much for me. I've got to praise his name. Amen. Hallelujah. When Jesus came into Jerusalem on that donkey that day, you remember? I mean, on that first, on that Palm Sunday, they were spreading those palm leaves out and they were standing alongside the road and they were praising Him and worshiping Him and they were saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna to the King. And they were loud with it. And those Pharisees and those Sadducees, that's why they were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in praising the Lord Jesus. Jesus. And those sad you see said, don't you hear what they're doing? Won't you ha have them to hush? Tell them to shut up. And Jesus said, I'm going to tell you, have you not read in the scripture that out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast protect, perfected praise? He said, if these hold their peace, the very rocks and mountains are going to cry out. I'm not going to let no rock take my place. I'm not going to let no mountain take my place in worshiping the Lord. I'm going to worship him and praise him every chance I get. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know I get a little worked up, but that's just the way I am. You know that. She just kept praising him, kept worshiping. She paid no attention to their criticism. And then notice, notice. Jesus comes to Mary's defense. Mm. Here's what I like. Jesus says to them, Mary didn't speak up, but Jesus did. See, when you're being criticized... For you're living for Jesus and serving the Lord. You don't have to speak up. Jesus will defend you. Yeah, you, sh you need to give an answer for the reason of your faith in Christ. Be a witness. But you don't have to argue with nobody. I ain't arguing with nobody. I'm going to hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles. Because <laughs> the battle is the Lord's. Are you with me? That's the best way to make it. That's the best way to get through. You get tangled up in strife and arguing. My grandma used to always say, Ricky, the least said is the easiest mended. That was one of her quotes. It wasn't from the Bible necessarily, but it's a biblical principle. I wish I would have learned that a long time ago. <laughs> because there's been some times. Anybody ever been like that? Anybody ever open mouth and insert foot besides me? Has anybody ever done that? I have. I think we all have. But Grandma said the, east, the, the least said is the easiest mended. In other words, just, just hold your peace. Don't be so quick to, 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 to fly off the handle or to get in an argument. And that's, that's what we learn from this. Because Jesus defended Mary. Mary. And Jesus said to them that he knew. They wasn't really criticizing her out loud, but they were murmuring. You know what murmuring is? It's under your breath. <laughs> was that, what was that dog on the cartoon? Muttley? What was that on, the, on that cartoon? <laughs> and that's the way a lot of Christians are. They just murmur under their breath. They're complaining about something all the time. Boy, I tell you what, I hope somebody comes back tonight. Amen. <laughs> just belly aching about everything and 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 they 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 just 
fussing about what she was doing and just couldn't get over her worship and, and, and just talking about her under their breath. And Jesus knew what was going on and he knew what they were doing and Jesus spoke up. Can you imagine what they thought when Jesus spoke up and said, hey, let her alone. You leave her alone. She has done a good work in me. She's done something that none of the rest of you done. She's recognized and realized that I'm going to the cross here in a few days and she's come aforetime to anoint my body for the burial. You leave her alone. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He comes to her defense. He said, yeah, you're talking about feeding the poor with that money. The poor you have with you always, but I'm not going to be here always. And she has come, and she has anointed my body for the burial because this was, listen to me, this was, Jesus was saying, me you not, have not with you always. This was her opportunity to anoint him for his burial before his crucifixion. And had she not did this, at this particular time, the opportunity would have slipped away. After, because Jesus was going to be crucified. She would have not had, are, are you following what I'm saying? She would have not had another opportunity like this to anoint his body for the burial. After he was crucified, put in the tomb on that third day, on that first Easter Sunday, you remember the, the, the women that came to the tomb and it said they had the spices and the ointments with them. They were going to ask the Roman soldiers if they could roll the stone away from the tomb so they could go in and anoint the body of the Lord. That was their plan. That's why they had the spices and the ointment with them. But when they got there, when they got to the tomb, what did they find? they found that the stone was already moved away. Amen. They found that the Roman soldiers was gone. And they found that the tomb was empty. And Jesus was resurrected from the dead so they couldn't anoint his body. Isn't it a good thing? Oh, come on, man, I'm telling you. Isn't it a good thing that Mary took the opportunity when she had the opportunity ahead of time? She didn't waste the opportunity. She seized the moment. And, and listen to me, saints. Listen to me today. Every opportunity we have to come to the house of God, every opportunity we have to worship the Lord, every opportunity we have to pour out our praise to him, to anoint him with our worship and our praise. Don't let, listen, don't let that opportunity pass us by. Those opportunities that we have to freely assemble, the, 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 the privilege we have today to freely assemble together here in this church house and worship the Lord, there may come a day in the near future where that, that opportunity is no longer afforded us. I pray that that will not happen. But if it does, we've got to make every opportunity Opportunity to come to the house of God to get in the presence of the Lord to worship Jesus Christ don't let the opportunity pass you by to worship him and to let him know how much you love him let him know how much you love him hallelujah I'm closing alright time is it uh, just 12.02. No, there's no law that says you have to be out by 12. <laughs> Jesus said, let her alone. She's, she's done a good work. She's anointed my body for the burial. She's come a four times. She took advantage of the opportunity she had to worship me. But then... He said something else. He's commending her for what she's done. And he said something else. He said, she has done what she could. I love that. See, Mary and Martha were sisters, but they didn't have the same proclivities. They didn't have the same giftings. Is that right? Martha was, a, as I said, she was... Martha was a servant. She was, a, she was 
always serving and cooking and waiting on the tables and preparing the meals and getting everything ready. You know, and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Remember that time that was happening? And Martha said to Mary, said, or Martha said to Jesus, Jesus, won't you make her do something? She's sitting at the feet of Jesus, just worshiping, listening to his word. Mary's back there rattling them pots and pans out in the kitchen. Amen. And she's, she's upset because Mary, Martha is upset because Mary won't help her and said, Jesus, won't you make her help me? And Jesus said, Martha, Martha. Calm down. You're troubled about so many. You're worried. You're bothered. You're full of anxious care about so many things. He said, you need, to, you need to take a, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Jesus said, you need to take a chill pill, sister. Calm down a little bit. Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Leave Mary alone. He was basically telling Mark, leave her alone. She's worshiping me. She's hearing my word. This is the one thing that's needful. But Martha was a server. My wife is that way. She's got that gift in of being a servant. She serves. She serves this church. She does things behind the scenes. She cooks, yeah, she, she cooks. It's a good thing to be a part of our church board because every once a month, my wife cooks us a dinner before our board meeting. That's why we have such good board meetings. Everybody's full and had a good meal. <laughs> oh, praise God. But listen, Martha was a server. Mary was different. Mary was a worshiper. Martha was one of those that kept the place spotless and immaculate. Martha was, was the one that, you know, I mean, 8 o'clock in the morning, the whole house was cleaned. I mean, that's the way she was. She was probably like that, the, the lady, the one guy said he got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and he came back to bed, and the bed was made. I mean, that's kind of like Martha. <laughs> She kept everything spotless. But Mary wasn't that way. That wasn't her gifting. And so Jesus said, she, Mary, has done what she could. Do you get that? She did what she could. We get so worried about what we can't do. And we need to be concerned about what we can do for the Lord Jesus. Everybody can't sing. Well, everybody can sing, but not everybody needs a microphone. But, but everybody doesn't have the gift to sing like Miss Katie. God has gifted her with a voice to sing praises to him. It's a gift of God. She, that's her gifting. I don't have that. You don't want me leading worship. You don't want me singing a special. I love to sing, but that's not my gifting. Amen? God's called me to preach and to teach the Word. That's my calling and my gifting. Others are called to play. I wished I could play that keyboard right there. I'd be up there every Sunday. I'd be, you know. God gave Jimmy Swaggart that gift. He asked for it when he was eight years old, and God answered that prayer. And I don't have that gift. I could sit around and worry all day, Brother Terry, about, well, I wish I could play the piano, but I can't. I would if I could. I can't play the guitar. I can't play the trumpet. I can't play the drums. I can play the radio and the CD player. But that's not what God's looking at. We, 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 we so many times want to compare ourselves with others, and the Bible says that's not wise. What Jesus is saying here to Mary is, about Mary as she's done what she could. See, here's what we got to do, ladies and gentlemen, is to take that alabaster box of what God has given us, whatever that gifting might be, whatever it might be, and pour that out upon Jesus. Give Him our talents that we have. When, when, when God called Moses to deliver Israel there at that burning bush and, and, and to deliver them from, from Egyptian bondage, um, Moses started making excuses. said, I can't talk good. I can't do this. I can't do that. And you know what God said? God said, what you got in your hand? He said, a rod. He said, throw it down. 
And when he did, it became a serpent. He said, pick it up. And he picked it up and became a rod again. And from that moment on, that rod was not ever referred to as the rod of Moses. But from that moment on, it was the rod of God. And so what God did was took what Moses had. And when it was given to God, he used it to bring deliverance to the people. All David had, he didn't have armor. He didn't have a helmet. He didn't have a shield. He didn't have an armor bearer. All David had was five little smooth stones in his shepherd's bag and he had a sling in his hand and it wasn't about what he didn't have it's what he did have consecrated to God it brought down the giant amen that little widow woman in the Bible that had one little pot of oil and the creditors were coming to take her kids and she didn't have the money to pay her creditors off and she came to Elisha and said what am I going to do they're going to take my boys as slaves and, and Elisha said what do you have in the house he wasn't concerned about what she didn't have he was concerned about about what she did have. She said, all I've got in the house is a pot of oil. He said, take that pot of oil, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, get in your house, shut the door, and begin to pour that oil out. By the end of the day, God made an oil well out of that pot of oil. She sold all the oil, paid off her debt, and had a built-in IRA and lived on the rest. God blessed her. Not because of what she had, but what she didn't have. Do what you can. Jesus said she's done what she could. Do what what you can. Amen. If you have a gift to play the guitar, play the guitar, the bass, the piano, the drums. If you have a gift to sing, sing. Praise God. If you have a gift to pray, pray. Whatever. If you have a gift to work sound booth or be a greeter, if you've got a good attitude and you want to be a greeter and you're a friendly person and cheerful, do what you can do for the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Woo! Worship team, come on back. I got to hush. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, She's done what she could, and she's, Jesus said, Listen, everywhere this gospel's preached, every place, that this gospel's preached, this act of worship that this little Mary has bestowed upon me will be proclaimed and will be told everywhere as long as the gospel's preached. And that prophecy, somebody said, well, you know, prophecies don't come to pass. That one's coming to pass this morning. Because right here in Farmington, Missouri, we're talking about this act of worship, Jesus said it would be a memorial for her. How many of you all know Jesus has a memory box? He has a book of remembrance. He remembers what you do for him. He will never forget your times of worship. From the time, every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll think back. My mind will go back. I, you know, I can't remember everything that happened. In, in the past, but every once in a while, I guess it's the Holy Spirit just brings things to our remembrance. But I remember when Vicki and I first got saved, started attending church. We hadn't been married but just a few months. And we lived in a little old house in the Red Star edition of, of Cape, Girardeau, Cape Girardeau in North Cape on, uh, on North Spanish Street. Little old house there. And uh, I remember, and I don't remember, I had a little bench of some kind, but we had a kitchen, and then there was a little pantry or something off from that kitchen, just a little bitty pantry back there. And I'd read in the Bible where Jesus said, get in your closet, shut the door. And I got this little bench thing, and I don't remember what it was, and put it back there and made myself an altar. This has been 40, over 40 years ago. And I would get back there and kneel down and just worship the Lord and pray at that altar. You know what? Jesus remembers that. He's not forgot that. Every word of praise and worship that we give to Him, every good thing that we do for Him, He remembers that. He records that. He's got it in His memory box. And that's where this little lady's act of worship was placed right there. And Jesus said it's a memorial to her. She'll be spoken of from now on. A memorial. I'm remembering what she did.
and so will everybody else. It's right there in that memory box that Jesus, where he's also got the gold and frankincense and myrrh brought by the wise men, he's got the worship of those shepherds on that morning that Jesus was born. That's in his memory box. It's there with the healing of the blind Bartimaeus. It's there with the deliverance of the, of the man with the legion of demons. I mean, Jesus has recorded those things. He remembers every act of worship and praise that we give to him, everything we do. And when I stand before him, I want him to be able to look at me. And my prayer is this all the time, Lord, please, when I stand before you, I want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. Do you love Jesus today? Do you love him? Let's stand. They're going to sing. We're going to sing together. And I want you, I want you to pour out, to pour out your worship upon Jesus this morning. Hallelujah. We've done it already, but let's close this service by worshiping him. If you feel like you want to come around this altar, we can, we can do that. Find a place if you feel that you want to do that and just kneel at his feet and get before him and pour out your worship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's praise him today.